Well, hey there, and welcome back to the show. Now, sometimes treating my ADHD symptoms really feels overwhelming, and I have to pause, take a breath, and remember that there are so many easy things that I can do to feel better, like replenishing my dopamine supply. Now, during this rebroadcast episode of the Vision Driven Mom with ADHD podcast, teen ADHD coach Kelly Biltz and I talk about helping our ADHD teens replenish their dopamine supply by creating a dopamine menu. We talk about teaching our ADHD teens, especially the girls, what self-care looks like, encouraging them to reward themselves for a job well done and helping them celebrate wins rather than focusing on fails or losses. Now, Kelly Biltz is a certified ADHD teen life coach and teens are her jam. Kelly partners with high schoolers who need someone in their corner, helping them establish skills and staying above ground with grades and assignments and parents who want someone their teens will listen to. Now, Kelly is the mama of two amazing teens and the wife, a uh, wife of more than 20 years. She lives in a home filled with ADHD and because of these amazing people she loves so dearly, she found her passion and purpose in life, coaching ADHD teens. Now, Kelly is an incredibly authentic, compassionate soul with a huge heart for teens with ADHD. Now, if you missed her interview, Teaching Our ADHD Kids Self-Compassion and Resilience, you will definitely want to check it out after you listen to this one. I'll put the link in the show notes for you. But before we dig in, I wanted to be sure that you've downloaded the free ADHD supports guide I created for you. Honestly, it might be a good idea to have your guide handy each week while you listen to the podcast because it is so full of tips, tools, practices, and resources to support you on your ADHD journey. So if you haven't already, download the ADHD supports guide at visiondrivenmom.com forward slash ADHD supports or find the link in the show notes and be sure to follow it all the way to the end because I have included a special one-time ADHD reset course offer that can only be accessed through the guide. Okay, enjoy the show. And you're listening to the Vision Driven Mom with ADHD podcast with Tracy Nolan Bierman, where we believe that you can have ADHD without ADHD having you. Each week, you'll hear firsthand relatable stories as well as invaluable tips, tools, and practices for managing overwhelm and using your beautiful, unique mind as a superpower. Motherhood with ADHD is the journey of a lifetime. Let's enjoy the ride together. Well, hey, Kelly, and welcome back to the show. I'm so excited every time I get to uh, talk to you and we get to have these conversations. I just, I just get lit up. So I'm really super excited that you're here. Thank you for having me. I'm, I love your podcast. I am, you and I just flow really well. So this conversation I'm very much looking forward to. Thanks for having me and hello everyone. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, and thank you. Um, so Kelly, can you tell us a little bit about your journey and how you got to be doing what you're doing with teens with ADHD? Yeah, sure. I'd love to share. So when our youngest son was in fourth grade, we had one of these parent moments that, oh my gosh, something has to be wrong because nothing we were doing was working. And leading up to that, it was just like this all the time. I was not understanding my son at all. I wasn't being the parent that he needed because I didn't know any better, right? So my control and everything was in high swing and his shutting down was in high swing, right? right? So we got him diagnosed. And honestly, I was so happy with that diagnosis, Tracy, because I'm a, like, okay, I need to know. I can handle anything. I just need to know, right? right. And not having that clarity about what was neurologically happening with him mm-hmm. was driving all of us crazy. And we'll right. come back to clarity later. Remind me to talk about clarity. Whenever we get in with our high schoolers. So we had the diagnosis. And at the time I was full-time stay-at-home mom. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to learn everything I can to support my son, recognizing that I was a very, very large part of that problem. Right. I was, I was. So I researched, I sat on webinars, I read, I listened to people for about two years and advocated for him in in the elementary school, worked with the teachers, also helping some of the counselors understand what was happening as well to, you know, it takes a village to raise our children. And my village at the time was the teachers and the counselors and everyone who was interacting with our son, right? 
So then I was on Twitter, lo and behold, like two or three years later, and I saw this uh, tweet about ADHD life coaching. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, if I would have known that, mm. I would have hired somebody like that because right. I didn't know a coach existed. Yeah. So went into a program for a year, built my business, which I had absolutely no entrepreneur experience <laughs> whatsoever. And you and I could go on about that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. It's like two part-time jobs. I'm like, coaching and I'm also figuring out my business end of it. I'm like, ah, crazy. Right. It's been a great journey. So um, when I first started working, I work with adults, I work with families, I work with kids. And the course of through the course of my business, my business manager says, you're too, you're too wide. You need to narrow down. Who do you want to work with? I'm like, well, I love teenagers. Not everybody yeah. can work with teenagers. Right. So a year and a half or two years ago now, I just said, I'm a teen coach. Mm -hmm. I get them. I've got to. <laughs> um, I love this age group. And so I created a program because what I was realizing is for the students that were working with me, I have very different packages. And it turned out that they were working with me for the whole academic school year. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm right. just going to button this up. And I created a teen program that basically partners with teens from August until May. Right. And it's been amazing. And that's probably the best thing I've done is niche down because mm -hmm. then I can just, I mean, I eat, breathe and sleep teenagers and ADHD and I'm in my element. So I partner with these families and really the teenagers um, throughout the whole academic school year. And it's been great. I mean, I absolutely love it. And it's, I don't do what I do for me because, I do what I do because I want to help others who are in my situation. Yeah. I understand the struggles of parenting and letting go and leaning in and the, you know, the balance of that, especially during the teen years. Right. Um, so yeah, we can lose them really quickly if we don't watch ourselves. Right. I know. And that, that balance, first of all, thank you for sharing that story. And oh, you are a natural I mean, and you bring so much Thank wisdom you. to your, um, to your, I mean, your, your membership, uh, your membership group, and you bring so much wisdom. And so you just give and give and give and give. And I can, I mean, it's, it's obvious it comes from your heart and your heart mm -hmm. for these, you know, your love for these kids. And you're right. That balance between, okay, so they're teens. And so we need to be, we need to be firm. We need to have boundaries. And yes. they have executive functioning issues. Yes. So we also, and then there's all of the other stuff that comes with ADHD uh -huh. and, yes. oh my gosh, and the hormones, you know, the hormones, and then there's anxiety and depression and yes. OCD and like all of the yes. things. Finding that balance is, that's why we need people like you. <laughs> that's why we need people like so you. I make, I make sort of a joke about this now. Um, I shouldn't say a joke, but it's ironic how we have two sons absolutely a thousand percent polar opposite right only except for tim and i are they the same so our oldest son who is does not have adhd he has an incredible amount of social anxiety mm. and he right now is giving me more of a run for my money in that element if i may and our son who is neuro neurodiverse he is just living his best life <laughs> Dude, you know, which is great because in, I'm happy that they're not both like up here where I'm right. full time handling and putting out fires or supporting them in, in one way. So I can, and for those who don't know me, my husband and I are 10 years apart. So I have stepchildren. We call them the first litter. Right. Um, so I've been parenting literally high schoolers and adolescents since for, we've been married 22 years for like 18 of them. Wow. So I've seen it in our first litter. I understand like what that looks like as a stepmom and also everything that came with the first litter and now using a lot of who Tim and I want to be as parents for our second litter, our two boys right now. And, and so I get, I get this age range very well. And I'm very, like you said, I'm very much in my element um, because if what we say even though there are times when we feel like our teens don't want us or don't need us or just want to be left alone, they still really do. They just, right. it's a pride thing at the end. And it's really learning how to navigate what they need yeah. and 
being okay with the moods and the attitudes and all of those things because we are still their safe place. I call it our badge of honor. You've probably heard me say that before. It's our badge of honor to like be there with our kids when they're not at their best. Right. Right. I love uh, that perspective, right? Yeah, not easy, but it's I love not. I love turning it around that it it that it is we do. It is an honor that they would share their you know, they keep it together all day at school. Yes. And then they come yeah. home, you know? I mean, I I I love the I love that 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 shift in perspective. If that's a badge, that's a badge of honor and right. we, I'm honored that they trust us enough to right. let down their guard. Right. And I also liken it to serving our children. Like sometimes yeah. we serve in our community um, and we, you know, we're, we're this and that for all different people. And unfortunately, sometimes it's really hard to have that mindset with our kids. But I'm like, we also need to be serving them as well and loving as we're doing it. And if that means going to pick up their laundry and maybe doing a load of laundry or helping them just make their bed one day, like, when we switch our mindset about serving, yeah. it opens up a whole, oh gosh, okay, I see. Because I would give anything to help somebody in my community. Why wouldn't I do that for my own children? Right. Because sometimes when they come in the door, you're like, you're the last one I want to help right now because of how you're coming in here. Right. Because they need us, right? It's like those little random acts of kindness and showing that selfless love that is hard for us, but it also builds our character as well as parents. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love that too, that, that, that idea that, um, that they actually, they actually want us to be that not, you know, that they don't know it, but they want us to be the, 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 the hold the boundaries, you know, Absolutely. and, and yes. to be, and to know that they have their back, that we have their back, you know, always. It's, always. It's, and that's something even with a junior who, you know, is incredibly independent and the social anxiety one. I'm like, I'll take that on for you because that's not okay. Right. Like we've always told our boys, blame it on us, blame it on dad and I, because that's your safety net and you can still do that. Like it's not a problem to, to let them know that even when they're exhibiting all this independence, right? Right. We've got you. Let me handle this. That happened, you know, when the pandemic in this past January, when there's a huge outbreak, my son went into an incredible social anxiety. I'm like, okay, may I please step up on your behalf because I'm going to handle this for you because he was just literally shut down and I handled it. He got out of all of his final exams because he's doing great in school. And all of a sudden, like you could just see the air coming out of the balloon. He was calming down. I'm like, let me do this. This is what I do best. Right. Right. So sometimes it's knowing when to step in, in that savior mode and knowing when not to. Right. Well, and you know, Kelly, I think that is one of the, uh, one of the reasons that you you shine and light up in this area because you've got that understanding of when to step in and what and and helping your kids and the parents <laughs> the parents right. the parents that you're, right. you're you know you're working with the kids but you're working with the parents really yes. you know yeah like uh, part of my team program is i the parents have an ability to meet with me one-on-one and i also have a group monthly and i help them i'm like you need to let that go yeah you want to, if you want to take up 90% of your time, you're going to lose your kid. So it's also helping them give a different perspective, a broader perspective, because sometimes we're just in our own little myopic home thinking yeah. blah, but you don't have any reference points from what others are doing and, and, or what the reality is because it's our reality. So therefore it's everyone's reality. And that's not true. Right, right. Right. Helping them just navigate and letting some things go and pouring in and pull, pulling back. Yeah. And, you know, and when you are, you know, I'm an ADHD mom, but we are a neurodiverse family. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, And it is, um, you've created community for those of us who, you know, we have to do things differently. We do things differently than others. And that, and, and it's okay. And it's so great to be able to know and feel the comfort and feel held by others as well. You know, yeah. I mean, my husband is, has ADHD as well. And I'm like, I could choose to nitpick every single day be with three guys in my home. Right. 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 I could choose that. That's a choice that 
every single one of us has mm -hmm. whoever's listening like we cannot we can choose to just be that little nagging whatever but they could always nag about us too right, right. And like they could say something about us and just nitpick because how my how i organize our world and how he does is very different so i honor who he is sometimes like it's a matter of really compromising and him meeting me halfway and and i meet him halfway right um because i don't want a home that is just nitpicky and nagging and full of yeah. tension well and i think that conversation about having a, a partner who has adhd um and oh. you know, that's a whole other conversation oh, yes. that maybe we have that in like six months <laughs> yes i could really talk about that because it has been one oh, i'm like holy crap what have i done right right i mean because i know from my perspective what it's like what it's like to live with yeah. me and i know that yeah. oh my gosh i would not want to yeah. really live with me yeah. <laughs> I all over the place. I've learned a lot, but that's, yeah. that's definitely a conversation for another time. Absolutely. <laughs> well, let's dig into the dopamine menu. You had me at dopamine menu. Um, I'm really, really excited to talk about this. And first of all, can you tell us about what what is dopamine anyway? And why is it important for people with ADHD? So ADHD is caused by low levels of dopamine. Mm -hmm. It's the neurotransmitter. There's a few neurotransmitters that really fuel what we call our executive function, our frontal lobe of our brain. Okay. So that frontal lobe takes up 45% of our brain. Mm, right. But almost half of our brain. Okay. So those who have ADHD do not produce the normal amounts of dopamine. Mm -hmm. Okay. Which if you think about the gas with the car, right? This is the gas that fuels your frontal lobe. It's mm. the main ingredient, if I may, that fuels the frontal lobe. Okay. So how do you how do you get dopamine, right? How is that produced? So obviously the first con the first part of that is you have meds, right? And that's where you obviously get diagnosed. You meet with a psychologist or a psychiatrist, what have you, and meds help. But what happens, I mean, some of some of our teens may have evenings, small evening doses, but majority come home at four o'clock and these meds have worn off. Right. So how do you naturally get the dopamine? Mm, and right. that's what we're talking about, um, because in order, it comes in many different ways for every single one of them, which is why when I talk with my teens, I always explain what dopamine is, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you think about it, if your dopamine now has is off the meds, right? And it's not the meds are not producing it. That frontal lobe may only be efficient at 50% right now, because all of a sudden the meds have worn off. And now we have to create this dopamine. Right. And this is one of the main reasons that I see when I with my teenagers in my in my program, they have very, very difficult time getting started. Yeah, it's like the number one challenge that they have. I just need to get started. It's too much. I'm overwhelmed. It seems so hard. I can't get started. Mm -hmm. I hear that all the time, every week. Right. Okay. So part of what I do as a coach is educate. Okay. So what is a dopamine? Dopamine is like that little adrenaline rush that makes us feel really good. And I explain it to them that you need a win. What's a little win for you that you know you can do to make yourself feel better and prepare your brain to do your A push or mm. your pre-cal, right? right. I so love I that, what you just said, prepare. It's preparing. And the thing about, here's what I want everyone to understand is that it is very, very rare and very difficult for your teenager just to sit down and, okay, I'm just going to get started. yippee ki yay, yay right? doesn't right. work that way. Yeah. It takes, and that's why sometimes when they're scrolling and they're just staring aimlessly, they're preparing to do their work. And that's where some of the friction can happen with the parents and the teenager. Got it. Because okay. it appears that they aren't doing any work. They're not. You can't see their brain preparing for something. Yeah. So when they get that little dopamine fix or when they get that hit off of social media or when they play when they're playing with their mm. dog or their cat, or I have a girl that has a bunny, like she has a little bunny in her room. 
that is how she's preparing to do some of the hard work that she knows she has to do. Kelly, that is super important. That is a gold nugget right there. Thank you. Right. That that is what they're doing. I know you have you have. I I learned so much every time I hear you, every time I talk to you. you. But that is really important because what it looks like to us is you are totally wasting your time. You've got this much time. You've got this much work to get done. What are you doing? Yes. Okay. Okay. That understanding that if they're scrolling, if they are playing with the cat, if they are doing whatever, yeah, the scrolling, right? The the, the right. texting or the, yeah, okay. All their DMs. Right. And I know it may, I know, and there's not a magic minute. It might be 45 minutes. It might be 15 minutes. It might be an hour until they're actually ready to do their work. And I know that that does not sound very encouraging to parents because an hour just preparing means it's in 30 or 45 minutes less productive. Right. Right. It just doesn't happen in a snap. So when you say go do your homework, good luck with that. Like that's the last thing your kids are going to do. Go clean up your room. Oh, okay. Well, they're going to stand there and look around at every single thing. And they're just going to get on their AirPod and just like listen to a podcast. And I, I can, so it's interesting. This is the, this, uh, this show is for moms with ADHD. And I know for myself, I spiral before I'm finally, sometimes it feels like right when I am really on it and in it, it's time to go pick up my kids from school, <laughs> you know? but I do. And I, and I find myself doing that too, is that, so maybe taking a step back for those of us moms with ADHD right. also to understand we can't either, you know, whether it be house cleaning or doing the bills, the right. taxes, the whatever yes. it is, oh. we can't just, okay, it's time, time to go do that thing. We need to be able to build up those stores of dopamine. Okay. Right. So, so how does that impact the high schoolers that you're working with, the teens <laughs> that you're working with? <laughs> Because they only have so much time in the day, right? They do. They do. Yeah. But having and figuring that out and walking through that with each of them Mm. and explaining that, right? Mm -hmm. So what is something that you can do between your little distraction break? So let's say they've already gotten started. I've got two girls I can share with you. They've gotten started. They have a huge challenge getting started, but they're working for 30 minutes. So what's your distraction break? Because I always say you can have all of it. It's just, you need to balance it all out. You've got to trust yourself that if your distraction break is 10 minutes long, you got to come back and retain and keep going, right? Those short bursts of study time. So I have one girl, she loves makeup. Her, she showed me like her room looks like an Ulta store and and she always has the beautiful nails. She's always done up. And I love it that she takes that much time because I'm not one that's I'm like in five minutes, I can care less about those things. Right. Right. So I said, well, what does it, what, what is something when you look at all your wonderful, beautiful makeup, maybe something that'll give you a little dopamine fix. And she's like, oh, I can organize and color code all of my lipsticks. Mm. Like perfect. Okay. Okay. But don't go down a rabbit hole. Right. Right. You need to remember that this is another little fix for you so that you can continue and keep keep on keeping on studying. So she sets her, she sets her, her timer on her phone, organizes some little makeup and feels really good because she did that because it's something she needs to do. And then she goes back to her studying. Um, dopamine is also really important. Exercise, excuse me. Exercise is also really important for dopamine and don't fall off the rails. When I say exercise, I'm not talking running three miles. <laughs> Right. No. Right, right. Talking running a marathon. I'm talking anything that gets the cardio up. It's been said, and I can't remember, I saw it or I've read it many years ago that 45 minutes, and I'm not asking teenagers to do this, but mm-hmm. 45 minutes of really good exercise yields two and a half to three hours of good focus. Mm-hmm. So if you've got a team who is in sports, right? And, or maybe is in dance or something like that, that's awesome. Like, They should be able to come home and have a little bit of reprieve, get their snack and then start their work. For those who who aren't exercising in a formal practice with, you know, sports or what have you, 
That could mean like walking your dog. That could mean getting outside. That could mean doing push-ups, doing like 15 or 16 sit-ups or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like I do, for me, I do like 50 push-ups a day, 10 in 10, 10, like 10 at a time. 10, 10, 10, right. Just to get that going, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I want to do this. I want to do that. So we're talking, we're not like trying to kill the exercise part of it, but being able to walk outside actually balances your left and right brain. Mm. So if you're really jacked up after school and you've got the emotional end of it going, I hate this, I don't want to do that, blah, blah, blah. When we go out and walk, it balances that brain from emotion to um, to actually focus and get things done. Got it. Okay. So I always encourage my, and I've got some girls that are really have a significantly difficult time getting started. And I'm like, go walk your dog, just walk mm, right. your dog around the cul-de-sac or down the street and come back or something, right? Exercise is a big part of dopamine. Yeah. Some of my teens are like, I mean, it's very, it's very personal. Yeah. And this is why we build self-awareness in my program. Because what's going to work for me, my little 10, 10, you know, push-ups at a time, it's not okay and not like resonating with my teenagers. Right. So it's their best practice. And so what is that dopamine menu menu for you? That could be hanging out with the pet. That could be literally getting a notification on something, right? Mm-hmm. It could be going to get a snack. It could be watching for my son. It's like a 10 minute game of Madden because he loves Madden or 10, BA, 10 minutes of NBA 2K. So don't underestimate social media. Mm-hmm. Um, because it is a huge dopamine fixer and getter right. and a win, right? So we're looking for wins. Think dopamine equals wins. 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 Okay. Right. And that could be crossing and a, that could be one of my girls is exceptionally organized. So she loves to make her list and she's very visual. So she makes it look really good. She spends time, very consistent, very intentional time and creating her checklist and to do. And that's a dopamine fix. And okay. that's where we get started, right? That's true. I mean, we, I also, oh my gosh, when I can like check things off of a list, it feels so good. Now the list I know, can get overwhelming, right. but if it's smaller, right? So, so how do you, so tell me more about how you help them to create this dopamine menu. You know, is it something that they actually write down and they, um, and they like get to choose? <laughs> Oh, I would love it if they all wrote it down and came back to it, Tracy. <laughs> Therein lies the problem. I shouldn't say the problem. Right. So one of the very first things that we talk about is what's your remembering system? Mm, what remembering that? system. I love that. Yes. What's your remembering system? So I have sort of all these systems, these menus, right? So the dopamine menu, your self-care menu, your remembering menu. Oh, okay. Uh, So how are you remembering? And some of them will write it down. Some will put it on like their notes. Each of my teens have a different, has a different system. Mm -hmm. Um, So it could be, it could be a post-it note. Right. It could be in a planner or like a little journal that they're writing in for the, excuse me, for their affirmations okay. and their self-care, which is also a big part of what I do as well. Um, so it really depends on the kids. But one of the first things I say is, how are you going to remember this? Mm, right. Like, okay, I'm going to put it here because I want them to connect the dots. Mm-hmm. So and that's also difficult because that requires them to think about their future self in a day when I'm not with them. Right. So remembering what you set in place for yourself, what's going to help you get started? How are you going to remember it for the next time when I'm not here? Mm -hmm. And we walk through this and break it down so that you have this little cycle of, okay, I know I have a hard time getting started. I'm ruminating right now on what dopamine fix I want. And then remembering the dopamine fix. Oh, I, I did write that in my planner or my journal. Oh, I have it on my whiteboard. Yeah, there it is, right? Mm, right, so right. It's also tapping into that working memory, which again, the dopamine actually fuels a frontal lobe of that dopamine. So you want them to sort of put that whole little connecting the dots, I always say, for mm-hmm. whenever you're not working with me. What does right. that look like? Because our kids aren't going, I mean, they may change their reward system or they may change something that they're interested in. But normally they know what they, I want them to know what they need 
to help get them started. Right. And that's a life skill. Like that's not just for this school year. It's not just for next year. Like they're going to be out in the workforce. They need to know what will help them get started. Right. Um, Right. And that dopamine fix that may change. Like all of that may change depending on what they're doing and what they're interested in at the time could also be a little reward for them. What do you want yeah. to do when you get this done? What's your little reward? What's your self-care? Right. Because rewards are also, a reward is also a, a, a dopamine hit. Yes. Yeah. And it, okay. it saddened me this one about a month and a half ago. I have a, the girl who loves to plan everything. She's really strategic, really on it, has a huge, huge um, academic load. And I said to her, I said, so what reward, how are you going to take care of yourself when you get all this heavy work in? Mm-hmm. She's like, what are you talking about? Mm. And it almost made me cry. Right. Like, because you're doing this work. It is work. Like I consider this work for you. Yeah. And whenever you're an employee of your own in your own academic world, mm-hmm. like, you need to take care of yourself. You can't just be all academic 24 seven. Right. In their minds, it's like, well, that's who I am. And I'm like, in no. You're also more than that. And you yeah. have to take care of yourself. So she, I said, I normally don't set goals for them because I want that to be them. But I'm like, I want you to figure out what your reward is for me next week. Mm, right. Right. So yeah, tell, t- tell me a little bit more about self-care and how that, how that can also, um, you can include dopamine hits in your self-care. Exactly. And I think this generation is really, I was talking actually on the VIP that we had on our membership the other day. Uh This generation is really um, different in that they're, I feel more emotionally aware of one another, more aware of anxiety, more aware of, of being overwhelmed, more aware of mental wellness, um, caring for one another, accepting one another. Do you, and I hear my son say, mom, do you have the space for me right now? I'm like, Oh, I love that you're wow. being here, but I always have space for you. Yeah. So they're very much in tune to, at least in my experience, to this element of self-care and mental wellness. And, and I think that we, I wasn't, I wasn't brought up with that. It was like just working whatever and do whatever. So self-care, because a lot of my kids have high anxiety, Mm -hmm. they do. Like they're constantly in a state of anxiety, depending on, you know, their workload and everything else that they've put on their plate. So I work with very anxious kids, very Mm -hmm. stressed out kids. Right. And to balance that out, what do you need to take care of yourself? Mm. Yourself. I like that approach too. What can you do? Anxiety is it's a thing, right? I mean, there, there's a certain yeah. amount. We we kind of need a certain amount of anxiety to keep us going, yeah. right? Check. But I love that you I, I love that you that you um, work with on balancing it out because we can't be full on anxiety. We can't be full on you know I don't whatever the the opposite of anxiety is like, we can't, we have to have some kind of balance. Yeah. That's beautiful. How will you balance your anxiety? Okay. So this goes into coping skills, right? Like yeah. what do you need when you're in this state of anxiety? So we go into, you know, I explained to them what actually is happening when they are in a, in a, just a really anxious state. And I help, I help work with my son on this as well. Um, Cause I want them to understand neurologically and obviously it's coping skills. So you want them to be able to calm themselves down when they're in this state of, I can't breathe. I'm just shutting down. I'm just like, you know, just overwhelmed. And right. it's the, it's the only thing it's like right here, right. It's the only thing they can think like literally right here is they can't see out and around. So well, um, and the brain can't even, I mean, when you're in that fight or flight space, your yes. brain, can, you, the, that, um, that what the amygdala, amygdala takes over, hijacks. right? Yeah. Yeah. It hijacks. And you can't even think if you wanted to. Right. <laughs> right. So that's another thing. So when, so for those of you who have teenagers who have a lot of social anxiety, such as my son and just anxiety in general, because of how many missing assignments they may have. Right. Right. Um, the amygdala is that little almond shaped part of our brain. That is the fight, the flight, 
the freeze and the fib is what they, I think they've added on the other two Fs. <laughs> right. Um, and basically that when the amygdala takes over it, it basically, as you've heard, it hijacks the frontal lobe of our brain. So they're not able to even recall what they did a week ago or a month ago to help them calm down. Right. Right. So that's why the impulsivity and the fibbing and the lying come into place because yep, it's right there. Yeah. So yeah. I wouldn't get too upset if your child lies initially because when they respond, oh no, I did that. Yeah. Okay. Like don't take offense to that. That's the only thing because they're they're back, they're now backed in a corner. Yeah, right. They're being right. called out on it and they are backed in a corner and they're going to fight and flight and freeze. Right. Yeah. And fit. Right. Like that's how that goes. So um, always give second and third tries with that, because if they are fibbing, my son or daughter is having a hard time being honest with me right now. So mm-hmm. I always as a mother, I always approach everything from what's happening in in my child's brain. Right. When you approach it from a neurological standpoint mm. and not a behavioral, like right. the behavioral, the behavioral is a, is a, is the, oh, I'm not looking, I'm not saying the right word, is a result of neurological basically shutting down. Right. Right. Because our kids, like my child, both of our boys, and I know all of my teenagers who I work with are not vindictive. They're not you know, wanting to be rude. They're not wanting to fib. They're not wanting to lie. They're not wanting to hurt us at all. Right. It's neurological. And when you approach it from a neurological standpoint, wow, like your whole, you can ship with them as well. Right. And you can say, let's, let's talk about this when we're all calm and figure out, you know, cause nothing you've heard me say before, like nothing's going to get settled or solved when everyone is up here emotionally charged and upset and mad and angry doesn't work that way now do you do you ever work with your teens on um from that aspect too is okay so pause take a breath Mm -hmm. and realize that this is neurological and then you can make a different choice or how do you how do you teach them to to actually stop and have that self-awareness because if they don't have this i'm i'm finding this with my teens is the self i mean i i didn't have any i I did but it didn't feel like i had self-awareness when i was a kid you know but how do you how do you teach them that self-awareness to okay i do need that dopamine hit okay i am in that um in that you know my amygdala has taken over i am in that 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 fight, flight, freeze, and fib. I've never heard of the, yes. the fib before, but yeah. thank you. <laughs> They've added, I'm not sure who added it, but I saw that. I'm like, okay, we'll put the fib in there. Okay. Yeah, it's that reality. makes sense. It is right? because it's that impulse. It's the reaction, oh. right? Yep. The, Absolutely. Yeah. I'm like, really? Like, let that stuff go. I mean, yeah. when you approach it, yeah. So what I will say to them, because as coaching it, you, ha- you always want to ask permission. Mm-hmm. Would you like me to explain why you're having a hard time right now, Mm. maybe why this is um, shutting me down right now. Would you like me to explain neurologically what's happening? Oh, that's good. That's kind of, that's kind of a stop in your tracks question too. The what question. So what questions are great. I've found that the why not does not work. No. Y'all, if you're listening to this, do not ever say why. Why didn't yeah. you get that done? Why didn't you take out the trash? Why did the teacher email me? No, 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 no. Yeah. When and that's the hardest thing. And that's when I was when I learned all this, I started and especially in my coaching, mm-hmm. right? Like I changed my language with my son. Mm-hmm. And when it takes a lot of self-control, it takes a lot of discipline, it takes a lot of pausing to figure out a better way of saying it so that your child does not go on the defensive. And all of those questions start with what? Yeah, what, what? I learned learned that in coaching too for everyone. Yes. Why is not a, it's not a- We're on defensive too. Right. Like, why did you take the dog out? Like, why didn't you go for a walk? Versus, I noticed the dogs weren't walk. What was, what was going on? Right, right. Yeah, exactly. They're forgetting, they're not thinking about it. It's not in the present, it's in the past. I mean, there's like, neurologically there it's now and not now so if they forgot about the dogs there wasn't a system in place what do you need to do next time to remember that right right so what what can our listeners do like 
right now to help the help their kids with some kind of a dopamine menu? So asking them, and it's, first of all, you want to explain, and I, I always tell my kids, I'm like, look, I'm going to Dr. Seuss it for you because it, I'm not a brain, I'm not a neurologist, but I understand what's happening. Okay. Right. So Dr. Seussing it is basically, you got one thing that really fuels your frontal lobe, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is helping you plan time management, plan your day, the management, right. your overall management of your life, right? So if you're lacking in that, dopamine is the same thing as having a quick win or something mm-hmm. that makes you feel really good about yourself. Um, what would that be? And if they're struggling, you can insert, would you like me to share some of the things that I've noticed that help me get started? Or maybe what some ideas would be for you. Okay. Always ask your kids permission. Like, because right. when we don't, we say, well, you need to do this. You need to do that. I'm like, that's it. That you want to just, that will just put a huge barrier between. We're just kind of closing the door. Boop, yes. Blank stare. Absolutely yeah. not. Like, Take out the control and collaborate. Okay. Right. Cause you want, you want your, again, it's all about self-awareness. So you want them to be independent enough to be able to manage when they're shutting down mm-hmm. and when they're shutting down it's because they're lacking motive. They are lacking the motivation because their dopamine levels are low and you want them to get, be able to get started. Right. So you can say, what are some things that make you feel good about yourself or that just gives you that little adrenaline rush? Mm-hmm. And if they struggle saying, I'm not really sure and let them like, just say, take your time and think about it. Would you like me to, uh, would you like me to share something that helps me? Right. And mine is always planning out my week. <laughs> and like, oh, 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 which one can I do first? Right. Even if I'm doing it, I still write it down. Like I'm so OCD about that. Right. Um, I like that too, but okay. I did that check. So you want to have them just say, you know, what's a little win for you. Or I noticed that, you know, when, when you're looking at your baseball cards or your football cards or something, you really enjoy that. A little win could be, you know, um, I mean, for my son, I just, I know what both of theirs are. So it's the right. getting a little hit with a working out and getting a little hit on NBA 2K. And the other one is like scrolling through and doing his notifications on his managing his social media because he gets a notification. So that makes him feel good. He's in the loop. He's very right. social. He needs to know what's going on. So helping them and then write it down. Like how would, how would we collectively, you know, remember this? What would yeah. be something that when you are shut down, you can come back to? Right. Because the other thing that's happening is they're not remembering because the neurons, neurologically, the neurons aren't associated with that behavior or that habit. Mm, so you've right. got the weak neurons and you need to have robust neurons in there to create, oh, I'm shutting down. Okay. Oh, I remember the neurons clicking in that, oh, this is what I need to get started. Right. You know, I was two things I'm thinking about as you're talking about this. I'm imagining what my daughter is going to, um, to think she might not, you know, give me the, I'm imagining what she's going to think when I say, oh, maybe you need to go do some editing. Like that's her thing. She loves to edit. Maybe you need to go do some editing before you get to work. Oh my gosh, Kelly. (laughs) I I will, I will definitely win points with, um, that'll be a, that'll be a dopamine hit for myself, right? Win. I know. My gosh, when we have a win with our kids, we're like, okay, we're good for a week. Our dopamine's good for a week, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I just, I just recently, um, uh, uh, one of my clients brought um, brought to my attention this um, this thing that Mel Mel Gibson Mel Gibbs Mel Gibson Gibson I think. like. Braveheart dude. No, not no. Robbins, Mel Robbins. Mel Robbins. Okay. Yeah, she's the five, four, three, two, one, just do it kind of yes. the, the woman. Um, she uh she talks about like giving yourself a high five in the in the the bathroom mirror in the morning, like yes, yes, you're awesome. Exactly. You know, yeah, exactly. that's the that's a dopamine hit right there, you know, starting yes. your day that way. Um exactly. but what you're talking about too, I um I teach creating what I call a vibe care toolkit. And I actually have started, my daughter has, has entertained the idea. I need to call it something different for her, for, for, for teens, but that is something, something that we can add to ours as well. Our vibe care toolkit, it's really, it's a way to, uh, to change your vibe, you know, to change your emotional state. 
So yeah. I love that. I love that. So Kelly, tell us about um, tell us about how uh, how folks can find you, and yeah. you have something coming up really soon too that I'd love for you to tell them I about. Do. Okay, so you can find me. Um, my my website is teens with ADHD. Very authentic. I rebranded everything two years ago. It's perfect though. Um, That's know, exactly right? it, right? And it's so funny. I'm not creative, so I have my I have my team T E A M. I said, just help me because I am so not marketing. And they're like, teens with ADHD. I'm like, bum, yum, bum, good, fabulous, done, right? In like right. a matter of five minutes. Um, so that's my website. And you're, if you're on Facebook, I run a Parenting ADHD Teens Facebook group. Mm -hmm. um, there's a fabulous. lot of us there. Thank you. Uh, we, it's a great community. I try not to be in there all the time, but I go live for a few minutes, two or three times a week just to add value and serve and take care of the the moms in there and i also have a vip membership that's 37 dollars a month and that's amazing as well me right <laughs> yeah like we get monthly zooms i answer your questions each week and i have experts coming in are you going to be in there too i know I'm excited. Um, and then what's coming up my first ever summer boot camp for teens mm -hmm. i'm doing this this uh coming july it's for two weeks two times a week so as to not overwhelm because I know my kids, right? Like right. everything I do, I market thinking, I don't want to overwhelm the teens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? So um, it's for a Monday, Thursday, Monday, Thursday. And it's basically an executive function boot camp for oh, uh, middle schoolers and then for high schoolers as well to start just foundational, get some of the stuff ready for the school year as well. So that's coming up. Um, my first summer camp. Perfect. Okay. So what are the dates? What, what, what are the dates? Do you have the dates down? I do. So it starts on July, just two seconds here. It starts July. Um, it's the 18th and the 21st, which is that Monday and Thursday. Mm -hmm. And then it's the 25th and the 28th. 25th you know and 28th. Okay. I'm yeah. writing that down. Yes. Um, I have one who is heading off to high school. Um, and I definitely think that I, I don't, you know, I don't know if it's the, um, I don't know if you're finding this too, but I don't necessarily, I think with the pandemic and with all the things and all that's gone on with middle school, I don't necessarily know that he's going to be ready for all that he's got to keep track of in high school. I don't know. So part of that will be very clear early on yeah. by probably October, November, freshman year. Okay. That is so helpful. Thank you. And yeah. you will see how all that plays out. Right. Right. But it would not hurt to do this boot camp. And you're only doing, you're doing a certain number of kids too, right? So if yeah, you're interested have, in this, you got to get yeah, on it. Yeah. I have, I'm going to have smaller cohorts if I may. Um, and we're talking about tools. We're talking about study cycles, uh, procrastination while you do it. Uh, we're going to talk about the dopamine menu, um, prioritizing, um, what else have I, basically the, the overall foundational organization of, um, executive functioning. Okay. Perfect. So, and tempting to not overload them, but I, I pretty much, you get a workbook or you get like worksheets each time that we meet and, um, it's like a working session. I explain, right? Like here's what's happening. Here's why this is important. If you think you can just remember it all, good luck with that and come back to me another week when you're having your missing assignment. So really trying to change the mindsets into the growth mindset that, oh, you know what? High school, you know, this past year, I really wasn't on it with my tools. So those kind of things, very big picture foundational, but they will definitely learning how to break down the work is one of the most important ones. Perfect. Uh, skill Perfect. Set. And I will definitely, they will glean a ton from that workshop in and of itself. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. So I will put the link in the yeah. show notes. Definitely um, check Kelly out, check out, check out the, uh, the boot camp. I'm very excited about it. Yes. Um, and Kelly, yeah. so can you tell us, tell us about a time in motherhood, just a little, little snippet of time in motherhood when you either achieved something or overcame something that initially just felt impossible. Oh my gosh. I think it was um, really feeling incredibly lost and not knowing how to console Bryce when he was in this 
unbelievable, uncontrollable state. And I like anybody who knows me, I'm exceptionally resource resourceful and I come up with all different ways, but I will never forget the one time that he, I could see it all happening and I felt incredibly helpless. Yeah. And, um, that's a pretty crappy feeling for parents, for mm -hmm. all of us. Right. When we feel right. like, oh my gosh, every single thing, every word, every action that I am attempting is failing miserably. Right. So I felt that sort of was a culmination of leading up to what thankfully we got him diagnosed, but there was, um, I just felt horrible as a mom Yeah. because yeah. my biggest honor was I wanted to be, and I am now, I want to be this mom that, um, didn't want to control, didn't want to yell. And I was doing a lot of all of that. And I felt really crappy about myself. Right. Right. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just really, it's really, um, humbling when you don't have the resources for your yeah. kid. Right. And you're right. not that resource. Yeah. Yeah. Kelly, thank you for your vulnerability. And I know that a lot of our listeners can totally relate with what you're talking about here. Kelly, this has been amazing. As always, I love hanging out with you and I can't wait for us to go and have a coffee or, a, or, or take a walk or something. Um, yes. next time we, we live in our town. part for all of you who don't know, we live in our part and Tracy and I are going to get together over the summertime. Yes. I know. It's all really world like... problems. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. That's what we're going to do. Or not. Or, or not. not just like solve be. any of the problems. Just, just be and walk around the lake and listening to the birds. Oh, that sounds delightful. <laughs> too. That sounds delightful too. Well, thank you so much, Kelly. Thank it's been amazing. And um, definitely check Kelly out. Check that boot camp out. It's yeah. Kelly totally overgives. Oh, thank <laughs> so. you. And you're helping me with that. Oh, you're <laughs> welcome. But you do. Thank I you. mean, you give so much value in, in all of the work that you do. So thank I you. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Thank goodbye for, for now. Bye everyone. Thank you for listening to the Vision Driven Mom with ADHD podcast. Now, one thing I know for sure is that managing ADHD is not a one-stop shop. There are so many tips, tools, practices, treatment options, and lifestyle accommodations to consider. It's easy to feel overwhelmed and wonder where in the world to start. If you're nodding your head yes, then you'll want to check out the free ADHD supports guide. It's a super simple step-by-step -step guide that keeps your ADHD brain engaged because it's interesting, it's important, and sometimes even a little exciting. I invite you to consider yourself a detective as you discover the ideal combination of supports to help you remain calm, be more consistent, stay focused on what's important, shift out of overwhelm and other big emotions more quickly, make decisions more easily, and develop more confidence, all while becoming more of the person you know yourself to be. Download the guide at visiondrivenmom.com forward slash ADHD supports, or find the link in the show notes. I truly believe that you can have ADHD without ADHD having you. Goodbye for now.